You know, so glad that we are recording this on a very auspicious day um, for Indians around the world. Uh, this has been, we are coming towards the end of uh, Navratri. For Bengalis, it is Durga Pujo. Then, of course, it is the Shera today. So this is the last day of uh, the Pujas. Sometimes you say Durga Pujo. Sometimes you say Durga Puja. Yeah, in Bengali, the word is Pujo. In Hindi or Sanskrit, it would be Puja. Uh, Navratri. So I know 2020 celebrations have looked very different this year, but I think more so now than uh, than than ever. People have taken a moment to uh, say their prayers and you, maybe you can hear the fireworks outside right now. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I, you know, it's also a great opportunity for, especially people who don't live in their motherland, mm. to put on your pajama kurtas for you to drape your sari. Mm. Put a big fat bindi on. Yeah, that's right. We look forward to this. And uh, normally, hum sab ke liye, you know, uh, hum, for Bengalis, we go to the pandal, as we call it, pandal hopping. People go, you know, you do anjali, you have your bhog, you do all of that. And even for Gujaratis, I believe it's nine days of absolute, you know, um, not chaos, but chaotic fun in the sense that there's everyone dressed up and everyone out there to do their dandiya and garba. Uh, which I'm guessing you know a lot about. I do. I grew up in London, mm. which has a lot of, well, if they're not Punjabi, they're Gujarati. Mm. Let's put it that way. Mm. So a lot of my friends, I went to many uh, dandias and many garbas. Which means you are the right person to ask this question. What is the difference between garba and dandia? Uh, I, I actually I do know. I think basically, mm. I'm sure I'm going to be corrected, mm. but Garba is very synchronized clapping, dancing. It's wonderful. Mm. Dandia is you slightly go Bruce Lee mode with your nunchucks. You know, have you seen the Dragon? And it's wah wah wah. <laughs> what do you say? Are you sure you went to a Garba and Dandia evening? Yeah, it's basically Dandia is basically Garba and Kung Fu mode. Mm. And uh, anyway, I had a great time. I have my serious doubts about whether you went to a Garba evening or not. As, as, as they say in Gujarati, mm. Maro Saro Same Hato. Welcome to the Shabby and Man podcast. We are partners, parents, podcasters, broadcasters. And everything else in between. And this week we are talking about um, I think the biggest story we, we can't ignore it the biggest story to come out of Bollywood in the last two weeks since we last did our podcast has to be 25 years of DDLJ DDLJ being Dilwale Dulhaniya Le Jayenge which is uh, Aditya Chopra's directorial debut it is a Yashraj film it is an iconic film uh, it has acquired cult status over the last 25 didn't years didn't it run for years in one cinema in Mumbai Maratha Mandir in Mumbai Maratha 1200 Mandir. shows without a pause and I know we've heard all the stories coming out of Bollywood in terms of uh, the people who are part of the cast, people who are part of the crew, Manish Malhotra who did the design. A lot of friends, a lot of their friends at the time, Karan Johar, uh, Anaita Shroff Ajaniya. I was just going to say her name. Yeah. The so, Vogue Wali. No? Vogue editor, Vogue yeah. India editor. So yeah, a lot of people became very famous. They have since become very famous and they all kind of have a DDLJ story. So we're not going to go in there. Answer me this, 1995, the two of us were months away when DDLJ came out in October. We were months away, only a few months away from uh, starting our broadcasting career. No, we'd already, uh, uh, that same year, 95 is when we started. When we started towards the end. We didn't, didn't know, know each other then. I was just going to say, I yeah, didn't know we you. We didn't know each other Let's then. get that out of the way first. Yes. So what does DDLJ mean to you? I mean, I knew about you. Yeah. But I didn't know you. Yeah, same here. I, I didn't even I know I just want that on the record. Yes, I didn't even uh, know about you. Now, what does DDLJ mean to I, you? Hold on. What do you mean you didn't know about me? No, I didn't. 
Oh, okay. Okay. So, what does DDLJ mean to you? Tell me, what is your recollection of? Nine, what did you say? Nineteen ninety-five. Yeah. Nineteen ninety-five for me was um, um, I was traveling around the world. I landed up in India. Hmm. Golden Eye was a big movie for yeah. me. It was yeah. a Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. Movie. Hmm. Um, Karan Karan Arjun. Hmm. Uh, if I was going to say Shahrukh Khan movie, I, I think I saw that one. Hmm. I heard Shahrukh and Salman, didn't? Yeah. They? Yeah. I think even Apollo thirteen. Came out the same year, and of course, I was the biggest Govinda fan. Still, mm. I'm secretly, mm. and Kuli number one is Came my out. yeah is, is a '95 movie. Mm. So, what is your recollection of DDLJ? I hadn't seen it. I didn't see it that year, mm. uh, so I had no idea mm. because I think I just landed. You know, just around. So I, you know, you don't want to see every movie. Yeah, and. Uh, we knew Shahrukh Khan was a Delhi guy. So many friends had gone to class with him. Mm. So you know, you know, yeah, so know. many of our cousins, so many of my cousins went to school with him. My brother-in-law went to film school with him. So it's the same with me. I feel that for NRIs, for Brit- British Asian uh, people, especially fans of Bollywood, it means a lot more than it did to Indians. And I feel that's because both Shahrukh and Kajol were meant to be NRIs, and the film is about reinforcing the the belief. that many people hold that even though you may geographically be far away from your motherland you can still have the same values and you can still kind of you know um how would you say this you would you could still embody a very happy fusion of the east and west it doesn't have to be one or the other it can be both and of course they show that if you live abroad mm. they show the parents parents to be extra strict extra strict and know? extra rooted in uh, yeah. culture the and culture tradition culture is just imbibed yeah. all through them because on some level you understand that because you're away from your uh, homeland you know you want yeah, to cling on to i think that was more patriotic yeah it? patriotic and uh, you know you want to cling on to that and you want to pass that on to your children you know so you understand that but even for me when ddlj came out i was the biggest amir khan fan sharukh exactly as you're saying because he felt like i was from delhi he was from delhi he was you know a part of our known circle and Uh, it, it somehow everybody went to that Barry John school of everybody acting everybody went to Barry John or everybody went to St Columbus or everybody went to Jamia Millia oh. or, or Hansraj oh. all the four places that Charuk went to and so it did absolutely nothing to me when it came out and i think it's only over the years and especially after coming here and especially in the last month when bollywood has been buzzing about 25 years yeah all of that that's when i've realized what it actually means to bollywood fans of a certain generation and in a certain part of the world so um, even for me 25 years of ddlj is fantastic but um, but i remember reading something about you this is where i'm making a confession now i didn't know you i didn't know of you either but i remember later on when we became friends when we joined radio together i think you were doing some tv show or you were slated to do a tv drama and there was a lot written about you and i think the reporter had described you as a brown sahab who left london to come and get married in india or something like that what did you pay the reporter to say that no but i i know the the thing you're talking about because she hmm. described me as a brown sahab doing a ddlj yeah so i thought oh, i you know a I better find out what, what DDLJ is, and B, I better watch this movie. Yeah, because I remember even after we got married, a lot of your friends from here uh, did kind of, you know, mention that it's a bit of a DDLJ. And what is it? It just means that someone who goes back to India huh. to find their love. Which, for the record, huh. I didn't know you when that movie came out. Yes, that's true. And and for the record, 
Kajol, by the way, wasn't from India in the film. You know, she was an NRI as well, the same as Shahrukh. So they meet on the trip to Europe. You know the film is right, but it's just that she had been promised to her father's childhood friend's son for the longest time. So that's how that took her to Punjab and all of that. So, um, so yeah, for us, DDLG, that means uh, it didn't have that much meaning at the time. But I did go and see it, and I've seen it. Um, Maybe two or three times now. Mm. It's 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 all right. Yeah. And over the years, I I really got to like Shahrukh. Uh, I'm okay. I may not like all his movies, mm. but as a person, I thought you know he speaks very well. He's very articulate. Mm. He, as a human being, I I do like him a lot. Yeah, yeah. And and again, it cuts. He seems to have a sense of humor. He has a sense of humor. And because again, as we we were saying that you know, a ghar ki murgi dal barabar. So we may not have like he he will always. For feel me, like he's one of us I because was, he's I, from Delhi. I, and, and as you said, he was uh, in that student, the final movie of Jamia, the f- yeah. student movie with your brother. My brother-in-law. So, uh, uh, but the good thing is that you know because we know a lot about him on a personal level as well. We know that he was a brilliant student. We, you know, so you're right. He's he's a he's he I, he his two, fame is well deserved. Two three of my friends who are in the same class as him say that he he, he used to win not just the the studies side, hmm. you know, not, not the academic side. Yeah, but, he, cricket, but, but he, he was like the all-rounder. He was quite the all-rounder. I think you win an award, sort of one or yeah, something, yeah, which, yeah. which he, Incent- which Incent- he won. Campus. Yeah. So, um, so that's that. Okay. So for the for the record, I mean, we're doing a lot of for the record today. Yes. <laughs> for the record, uh, DDLJ for us was um, at the time it. It passed me by, you know. I didn't. I, I didn't same with me. It. It's exactly the same with me. But uh, a lot of uh, movie-related things have actually happened. Uh, yeah. Oh. Uh, this week, right? Now you're talking. Mm. Number one, Amitabh Bachchan did a personal message for you this week. No, not for me. For my show. For my show on radio. Yes. So that was a big deal. I think that's quite exciting. You know, when Amitabh Bachchan says, "Make sure you tune into whatever." So that that was good. And of course, the biggest news. Mm. The biggest news. This week, last week, this month for me mm. was that you were offered a role in a Punjabi film, a proper film coming out of India. Yeah, they offered you the role, and it was the role of a mother. Yep, you yes. didn't, you, you turned it down. I did put it nicely. Yeah, because it was the role of a mum. Well, I turned it down for two reasons. A, because I feel that I'm you, far you too young to play a mother. Oh, come is. on. In a certain angle, I, I, all I, when I look at you, I think of Nirupa Roy. Yeah, oh, well, that's fine. That's after you can say what you like. Yeah. But all my friends have said to me as well, to convince me, I think to say, you know, the, many people have said to me that, oh, Punjabi mums are supposed to be very cool and, you know, really nice. And um, oh. that shouldn't be the reason you turn it uh, down. Yeah, I'm thinking of Kiran Kher. Yeah. <laughs> so many films yeah. but uh, also primarily of course I had to turn it on because I don't speak Punjabi I only uh, know titles of slight problem film songs small problem yeah but that just was like a bolt from the blue I have no idea I think I'm guess these people um, why did you say that uh, you know, do a Katrina on me and dub my lines no please okay but uh, you know sometimes you have to act like a diva yeah, I know, but uh, no, otherwise people won't take you seriously. No, too late. But I, I don't know. I feel that you know, if I missed out on being the Rashmi to Raj to Amir Khan's Raj in QSQT, I don't think I'd like to do a film anyway. So that's that's my reasoning. But uh, yeah, it, it was just something that you know came as a bolt from the blue. But it's always good to be. Uh, it was a nice bolt from the blue. Yes. 
Let's talk about the film that we saw this week uh, on Netflix, the new version of Rebecca. Wait, before we start, let me just tell all the wonderful listeners of this podcast that certain movies to you are sacrosanct. You don't want anyone to meddle with them, remake them, hmm. do anything to them. Yes. They should just stay as they are. And I'll just give everyone an example of some of the movies that come to my head that you just love, love, love. Hmm. A Fair to Remember, there's that Cary Grant, Casablanca. Hmm. Absolutely. Ingrid Bergman, Roman Holiday, yeah. Audrey Hepburn, Sound of Music, mm. Julie Andrews, Catch a Thief, Cary Grant again, I think, and mm. Rebecca. Yes. It is one of those films which people, those who love it, they absolutely love it. And I think those who love it, they you will rarely find someone who's not read the book and seen the Hitchcock version. So Daphne du Maurier, I mean, I've spoken about this so many times before. You're a big Daphne du Maurier fan. As a family, we are fans of crime fiction. As a family, we are huge fans of Daphne du Maurier. So my parents, sister, me, my grandparents. I think Rebecca is a book that all of us have read. In and we've read My Cousin Rachel, Jamaica, in all of those. But I think of all the fil- uh, books that Daphne du Maurier wrote, Rebecca was her bestseller, uh, the biggest selling, most iconic book, and for good reason. Um, I remember watching this when I was very young, the, the, the Hitchcock version of the film, and loving it even then. Because I think there's something about crime, there's something about uh, thrillers that when you watch it, a black and white version of the story, it adds to the drama and the suspense. Yeah, you know? And uh, I have seen the movie. I have not read the book, I must confess. But uh, Mandalay, the house, is an integral part of the story. Yeah, absolutely. Last night, I dreamt I was at Mandalay again. Must be the most iconic opening line of any novel, I think, from the last uh, hundred years. So, in a way, you're giving this new Netflix version a kind of thumbs up. I think so. I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. Although, you tell me Army Hammer is a big star. I'd never seen Army Hammer before this. Uh, um, I love him in Man from Uncle. And, uh, Which uh, is also a remake, actually, hmm. of a uh, 60s TV show. Well, there um, you go. Lily so James, I know from Downton Abbey and so many other films. Lily James you, did a beautiful job. Would you compare it, would you say it was on scale to the um, uh, Laurence Olivier, Joan Fontaine? Laurence Olivier was more broody. He was far more moody, broody, reserved as Maxim de Winter. Army Hammer, I think, in places was a little bit more flamboyant. And, uh, but, sorry. Uh, uh, but I felt that Lily James was just as good as Joan Fontaine was. And I don't know who the actress was, Miss Danvers, uh, in the original. But uh, of Kristen course, you Scott can't, Thomas, you can't yeah. argue with Christian Scott Thomas. And of course, once they got the location of the of the Haveli, what is it called? Mandalay. Mandalay. No, but what, what do you call it? Uh, estate? Uh, yeah, the huge um, castle. Castle house. or whatever it is. Um, once they got that right, you know, the... the cliffs and the choppy water and the boathouse and all of that you i think they they did a very good job of and netflix you know has all the money in the world so you can see that they've not you know cut corners on production anywhere but sometimes even on big budgets you see films that completely miss the essence of a story but this time around i think they did a they did a pretty good job crime fiction so yeah mm-hmm. one of your favorite other heroes mm-hmm. Fictional heroes, apart apart from Sherlock Holmes, I was just going to get to that, Mm. is Poirot, Mm. Hercule Poirot. And I believe that in Bollywood, they're going to make some uh, of um, Poirot movies. That's right. I think this was, again, another big story, and I'm very excited about this. I'm sure my mom is going to be very excited as well, because she's a bigger Agatha Christie fan than me. But Vishal Bhardwaj, one of Bollywood's most respected, most loved directors, 
whose love of a good Shakespearean tragedy is well documented. We've spoken about this so many times. Hazard, Macbul, Omkara, all of those things. He has taken it upon himself to roll out a franchise uh, based on Agatha Christie uh, murder mysteries. So they're going to try the first film, and this is being done officially. So he says that you know while we were in lockdown, there I was in Oli, which is a beautiful place in the lap of the Himalayas. So he says I was there and cut off from Mumbai. No new films were being made. Nothing was happening, and that's when I racked my brains and I thought that you know as an adolescent, he said like so many Agatha Christie fans around the world. I grew up reading her mysteries and I was you know such a huge fan so because this is a landmark year for Christie fans you know it's coming up to 100 years i think since I think it's 100 years of Poirot or Miss Marple Miss Marple or one of these two them, things yeah. so he officially reached out to the Agatha Christie estate which is now run by her grandson great grandson i think and um so he floated the idea and they must have done their research on who he is and they must have been mega impressed by his track record so far in bollywood and so it's going to be an official remake uh, he's going to start with one film and depending on how that goes they intend to roll out a whole franchise and he says i don't want to give it away for christy fans but the first one that i'm working on right now is a story which is set in the mountains and the mountains play a very crucial role in the way the plot unravels and it's about two people who are not really professional detectives but they are thrown into a situation no oh, you know that reminds me of Who do you think that is? I think it might be Tommy and Tuppence. Exactly, because right? they they had quite a few uh, novels uh, out. Quite a few novels, good ones, you know, N or M, very very good ones. Um so I think that it's probably not a Poirot or Miss Marple that he's starting with. It's probably a Tommy and Tuppence one. You know, sometimes when you have absolute useless trivia in your head. Well, so you, I, sometimes you that's all the time. Do you know what the first uh, Poirot uh, novel was? No. I don't know why I know this. Yeah. But it was called The Mysterious Affairs at styles i think yeah and yeah mr swisher that's probably 100 years old this year mm. which is probably why yeah i think that's the first one that pora was in mm. she you know if you read her mysteries i think the appeal of an agatha christie novel lies not just in the way that the murders crafted and designed but it's also in the description of uh the english countryside you know the gossipy women uh the, the little clues little the red herrings that are left yeah. here and there in fact i think the mirror cracked from side to side is one of my favorite agatha christie stories all time favorite agatha christie stories wasn't she a chemist uh, or something which is why she knew all these poisons poisons and that's yeah. why she does it so well right and that's what people say that had she written a handful of novels you could say that you know okay maybe she fluked it but each one of her stories they say is it's crafted it's so brilliantly it's a proper twist properly written you read the raja who killed who killed raja croyd yeah i read that a long time ago i don't remember it too that has a twist but anyway but that, yeah So um you know one more thing she's responsible for hmm. which I remember hearing somewhere is that and it's true in a way hmm. that any movie you see nowadays hmm. you know they get all the suspects into one room yeah. and then they say it could be you it could be you are you talking about i think you're talking about like uh, death in paradise death in paradise exactly there many like that uh-huh. and that's they're all based on christie she uh-huh. started that with poirot uh-huh. that's what happens on uh, murder on the orient express and uh, death on the nile yeah, right so, uh, she runs up all the suspects yeah, and yeah, then yeah that's how it all started now every, a big every, every second movie does that now yeah so agatha christie given the bollywood treatment it could i would have been apprehensive but i think we're safe in vishal bharadwaj's hands i wonder what who's going to play the famous belgian sleuth no i i'm actually worried about other things 
how many item numbers is he going to stick in in every murder mystery because he is a man who had from bidi jalai le to lagare laga namak ishq ka shakespeare with a with an item number but he makes it work that that's what's so brilliant about him and just as a concluding thought because we're talking a lot about movies i would like to say that i was the only one who watched david attenborough life on our planet because you guys were too busy i strongly recommend that i think everyone needs to watch it it's a brilliant brilliant film was it his life story it's not so much his it is the li- the story of the planet he's 91 yeah, obviously it's the story of the planet he's 91 he's 94 he's the same age as the queen no he's 91 i think i don't we need to check that i think he's 91 i'm convinced well, someone will tell us who's right and he talks about his years of documenting his travels around the world for the bbc so there's a lot of footage of his young days and how he's traveled around the world and everything that he's done all his award winning tv shows but he i think he puts all the important stats together for us very very um uh, effectively because that's what makes you realize that when he started his tv career 60 years ago 70 years ago whatever it was as a young uh, environmentalist this was the population of the world these were the concerns this is how it was the the forest cover in, in certain parts of the world the ice uh, in in the polar regions all of that and how that has systematically dwindled with the rise of industrialization and modernization and the more we've kind of you know made life simpler for us we've done it at a huge cost everybody knows it everybody talks about global warming everybody talks about the need for us to go back to uh, simpler times and you know go back to recycling and all of that but i think it's the way he has put the footage and the stats and the um, what do you call it the the whole package the the whole package but also the the, the i'm the, just the Come words on, just coming to me yeah i know give me an example of what you know as in it is something that needs to be solved today you know it's the urgency some, the urgency of the matter it's not something that you can uh, um, you, you know can just sit on and hope things will go hope away. things yeah. will work out or it's not something that you can postpone until tomorrow and say that okay let's just sort this out first and that you mean climate very, change is very real climate change is what needs to be sorted first and i think he's because you would expect nothing less from uh, uh, david attenborough it opens with the chernobyl disaster and he's actually gone back there to film and you know he's done a beautiful simile on how if you if you went to that place which is not been inhabited for the last so many years since the disaster happened 84 or something yeah it is now a complete it, there's trees and shrubs and bushes and plants everywhere so you know then he's talked about how he's linked that to you know what we could do we are on the brink of disaster we are on a brink of mass extinction no less because this has happened before many many times uh, in the life of the planet but he tell also tells us ways and means of so he says this is my mission statement and it's also my suggestion i feel that the you know nature has a way of renewing herself and nature is the only thing that has been here for the longest time we we are all creatures who evolved and developed and come and gone and become extinct and come back again and all of that you know the dinosaurs and this and that and the but nature is the only thing that has the power to constantly regenerate so that is where we need to find the answers so i think it's brilliantly done i want to sit down with our boys i want 
everyone to sit down and watch you know, it. I can't get over how high achieving the, the atti- gravity of the situation. That is what I want to say. It was the gravity and it is yes. a very grave situation. Yeah. Well, I was, I was about to say I can't uh, get over how um, high achieving hmm. the Attenborough brothers were. Yeah. You know, elder brother made Gandhi and hmm. head of BAFTA and Lord Attenborough, hmm. Richard Attenborough, and the younger brother Let me started, ask you this. started BBC Two and all these things. Yeah. What is the elder brother as a filmmaker? What else is he known for besides Gandhi? Was, I mean, Gandhi was, was the crowning glory, no, right? He was an actor. Hmm. Yeah. Have you not seen Brighton Rock where no. he plays Pinky? No. Oh, amazing. Hmm. Uh, <coughs> many movies. He's in uh, Shatran, he's the Shachitithre movie. Yeah, yeah. Shatran Shachitithre, yes. So, lots of movies and hmm. of course he directed uh, lots of movies as well. Oh, what a lovely war. Hmm. Well, so there you go. It's, um, it's, it's worth seeing. He's in Jurassic Park, Park, for God's sake. Yeah, it's a bit role uh, right at the start. But, uh, well, there you go. So, A Life on Our Planet, highly recommended on Netflix. Please do watch. So, uh, do you think it's time to say bye now? I think so. I think we've rambled on for long enough. Almost time for next Diwali. Oh, Diwali soon. By the time we do our next podcast, it will yeah. be Diwali. Yes. If so we, until if then, if we do it on time. Yeah. Until then, stay safe. Have a fantastic Dashera. Um, we hope to see you very soon. You know where to find us because obviously you're listening uh, to us right now. But if you would like to recommend us to family, friends, anyone you think who might enjoy stuff that we talk about, please do so. And don't forget to find us on social media as well as Shabby and Man. And I'll let you into a little secret. We normally do our podcasts in the morning. Yes. Today we're doing one very late at night. Yes, you heard and, the fireworks, and, right? Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we're trying to see which one of us is going to nod off first. Yes. And I think I've outlasted you. Yes. Just, or have you outlasted me? Just about. Me? So till next time. Bye-bye. Bye now.